Hey everyone, thank you so much for being on this podcast episode. We have Adrian Chu and he actually has a pretty interesting career journey. I'm going to dive right into it. So he started with tech and then he's in real estate. So I know normally we talk about getting into tech, but we never talk about leaving tech. (laughs) So I'm pretty interested about his journey. And uh, just to kind of start off, Adrian, can you give like a short introduction about yourself for people who don't know you? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Thanks for having me. Um, So my background is in the tech industry. When I was in school, I studied electrical engineering. And um, growing up, I was always very interested in real estate. So when I was still in college, I actually got my real estate broker license. And um, after graduating, I decided, okay, the most logical path with the electrical engineering degree was to work in the tech industry. So I went on to um, work with several uh, tech companies, um, including uh, Intel and Microsoft, um, and in parallel, I started um, doing different things in real estate, mm. um, both as a real estate broker and an investor, and then uh, moved into um, doing uh, starting a mortgage business, and then um, you know remodeling homes, and uh, most recently started building new homes in the Seattle area. Nice. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious, why electrical engineering in the first place? Why not go into real estate? Yeah. So um, when I was deciding what to study in school, I thought, okay, if I start with a technical degree, I can always get a business degree later, Mm. which I ended up doing as well. Um, But it's harder to go the other way around. Mm. You know, if, if you started with a business degree, it's hard to go into engineering. So I just figured, okay, why don't I just start with engineering? Um, and uh, so the decision uh, making process started pretty early on because when I was in high school, um, so the state of Washington, there's a program called Running Start mm-hmm. that lets you take college classes during your junior and senior years of high school. So oh, wow. um, at that point, I already decided, OK, I want to you know, do the engineering path as far as you know, school and what study. So um, during those two years, I you know, basically got all the prerequisites taken care of and then um you know right after you know technically graduating high school you know i already had the prereqs to um you know go in the engineering department at the university of washington Mm -hmm. yeah and then i saw that you also studied data science and real estate at mit i was like what is that yeah it was just (laughs) kind of like a um, continuing education type of uh, program yeah there's a short course yeah Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so. It's kind of interesting to see, you know, how, um, you know, data science, and, yeah. you know, tech side and real estate all meld together. So kind of cool. Is that kind of something you're applying today or you're just mostly kind of sticking to real estate? Uh, it's always kind of on the back of my mind. Um, <laughs> but, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of things in real estate are, have kind of been the same way for a number of years. So mm-hmm. it's always cool to see kind of, you know, what ways there are to um, enhance things. Yeah. So I thought it was actually pretty interesting because at first you were like an engineer at Boeing, Intel, Microsoft, and now you're like a managing broker and principal to two places. It was like specialty real estate group and Mm -hmm. choose design and build. I was like, Oh, you're, you're doing so much at the same time. Right. Yeah. And it, it, the progression, it just, you know, it was always a kind of a progression. I was working in tech after Mm -hmm. graduating from school and then, um, I you know, started investing in real estate because that, that was something I was interested in. Yeah. And then I had my broker's license already. So a lot of friends and um, 
family, you know, they, they wanted to catch on. This was, mm-hmm. you know, about 10 years ago when everything was, you know, all the prices were very low, um, mm-hmm. kind of post, um, post-recession, mm-hmm. um, you know, after 2008, 2009. Um, so, you know, people, a lot of friends, they started, you know, seeing me invest in real estate. At first, a lot of people were skeptical. They were like, oh, why are things so cheap? You know, but, you know, over, you know, over a few years, people started catching on and, you know, they wanted to take part in it and, mm-hmm. you know, through, you know, investments or, you know, buy their personal home. So, you know, kind of naturally forayed into that. And then um, in 2012, I decided, okay, what's an, another possible synergy? Um, you know, when people buy a house, they want to get a mortgage. So uh, mm-hmm. that's when I, you know, got my mortgage license and kind of started the mortgage business in conjunction with the real estate brokerage work and then also, you know, my own investments. Mm-hmm. So um, over the years, it just kind of progressed forward. I kind of pivot, you know, based on market demand, kind of what my interests are. And, you know, I figured, okay, I'm not too interested in tech anyway. So <laughs> kind of naturally um, kind of progressed away from the tech industry and, you know, more and more into the real estate and mortgage businesses. Okay. Yeah. So did you start off being interested in tech and then you're like, eh, maybe this is not. No, I, I was never too interested in it. Oh, wow. It was just kind of like, <laughs> oh, okay, it's one of those things you know, I have to pick a major in school. Mm, so, okay. you know, back to what I was talking about earlier, it just made sense to pick a technical major just because, you know, now's the time. It was like mm-hmm. one opportunity to pick a major. So I might as well do it. Yeah. Yeah. So That's then um, with, when I, um, yeah, in 2017, um, that was kind of the main transition point out of tech. Um, I also happened to enroll in the MBA program at the University mm-hmm. of Washington. So, you know, it was always something I wanted to do, even, you know, since like high school, mm-hmm. I figured, okay, my plan was to get the engineering degree and then later get a business degree. So mm-hmm. um, the timing just worked out, you know, I, so I, you know, did the MBA and um, at the same time, continue to grow the real estate um, and, you know, mortgage and development businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So where did your passion for real estate come from? You you started at, at like a very early age. Was it like from your family influences? Yeah, a little bit of family influence, um, but more of a just, you know, always interested in, okay. um, you know, business and investments. And um, even when I was a little kid, um, I would, you know, follow the stock market and stuff. And, <laughs> you know, when I was, I think I was eight, you know, I told um, my mom that, okay, I want to buy a stock. So uh, you know, she helped me do that. And it, it, at the time it was the um, dot-com bubble mm-hmm. and obviously it didn't turn, turn out well. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still kind of, you know, a little bit, a little bit traumatized from stocks. So I don't really do anything with stocks, but yeah. I like real estate. So it's just kind of, you know, what, what I like as far as investments and mm-hmm. what I believe in. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So I was kind of curious about, being in the real estate business specifically. So you are in the real estate investment business. You sold, you buy, you build, you basically do a lot of things like you even finance them. So can you start like from the very beginning? How did you even get into it? Was it just first getting your mortgage brokerage? What was that? The mortgage license, brokerage license. And then after that, you start to sell to like people around you. Yeah, so it started, I guess the first official start was in 2010 when mm-hmm. I got my real estate broker license. I was still in school at the time. So um, yeah, with that license, yeah, technically I could sell houses, mm-hmm. you know, 
Um, I didn't really do that much the first couple of years just because, you know, I was still in school. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, kind of progressed, you know, after graduating from school, uh, getting the tech job and, you know, the next progression was buying my own place. Mm-hmm. And um, so kind of did that and I went through, you know, the mortgage process as a home buyer and then figured, okay, this could be a useful synergy. So in 2012, I got my mortgage license as well and uh, kind of, you know, be able to offer a one-stop shopping experience mm-hmm. for you know, home buyers. Um, so that, that was kind of the thought process. And, um, you know, I bought my first place and then, you know, kept you know buying more and more um, over the years. And, you know, friends wanted to buy real estate, you know, friends started referring me to other people. And um, so it's just kind of built up from there. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people wanted to buy their own place to live in. Some people wanted to do like a fix and flip. Um, so, you know, both, you know, and I, at the same time, I started doing some fix and flip. So I kind of know what's going on and how mm-hmm. to, um, you know, what to look for and what to um, do. And then um, continue to kind of pivot um, at the time, like I think 20. 13, 14, 15, I think up through 16, there were a lot of um, foreign buyers, mm-hmm. um, a lot of people from Asia, uh, you know, China, Hong Kong, other, and other countries as well. And people mm-hmm. just wanted to buy real estate in the US. So uh, a lot of people, you know, referred me to, you know, people that wanted to buy homes. And um, so kind of pivot into that niche. And then um, after that, I kind of discovered, oh, new construction and, mm-hmm. you know, working with builders um so my first foray with that is actually you know friends just wanting to buy new construction homes and then throughout the process we started interacting with the builder and kind of learn you know how how you know how a builder operates and um from there kind of moved into um working with builders on sourcing land mm-hmm. and then also um, doing the sellouts for them when they're done and um you know by learning you know, from the brokerage side of things, and, you know, I was able to start doing that myself from the investment perspective and start buying, you know, tear down homes and, you know, land and, you know, learning all about land use and all the different, you know, fun things associated mm-hmm. with that. And um, so, yeah, definitely, I, I would say, you know, a lot of learning by doing. Yeah. Yeah. So now with the real estate brokerage, you know, I work with a fair share of you know, people wanting to buy and sell their homes, um, investors, and then a lot of builders, um, you know, we help them source the land and sell the finished home. So mm-hmm. out of the bulk of the uh, business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did your engineering degree help you with the fix and flips and the building? <laughs> um, not directly. I mean, there's some, you know, I studied electrical engineering. Yeah, I yeah. One course in power. You know, <laughs> there's some concepts that, you know, it can help you understand, you know, for example, if you have mm-hmm. an electrical panel, how many amps, uh, um, you know, breaker can support, you know, mm-hmm. basic calculations. <laughs> yeah. All right. So for anyone that's interested in getting started in real estate investments, do you need a lot of money up front to start? I think that's usually what's holding people back. They're like, oh, I don't have this much money to buy or to invest or to even flip. Like, how did you get started? Do you have a lot in your savings to get started? Well, so when I first started, you know, it was about more than 10 years ago, things were a lot cheaper than, <laughs> than 
they are now. Yeah. Um, but in general, you know, part of it depends on where, where you live and where you want to invest. You know, so if you're in the high cost of living area, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, Bay Area or Seattle or, you know, New York, um, you know, it's a little bit more challenging because you'll need mm-hmm. more money to start. Um, as far as, uh, you know, getting mortgages go, typically, um, you know, for conventional loan, 5% down is sufficient. So if you mm-hmm. have about 5% of the purchase price and, you know, you have a good, you know, solid job, um, it's a good starting point to see, mm-hmm. you know, what options there are. Because uh, a lot of people have the misconception that, oh, you need 20 or 25% mm-hmm. down to buy a place, but um, it's not true. You know, 5%, sometimes even less, you know, depending on the situation, there's some special circumstances. But in general, if you're, you know, 5% down or more, um, it's generally sufficient. Do you think it's possible now? Because from at least like what I'm hearing is that now it's so competitive that most people with the all cash deals are the ones that are winning. So people who can only afford for maybe 5% can't even compete. It uh, depends on the situation. I mean, from time to time, yeah, we'll see stuff like that happen. Um, but I, I wouldn't say it's, you know, for the entire market. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think the, it was the biggest good. thing right now, if you're as if you're getting financing, the only the only difference, the only I guess the biggest risk, right? If you're doing five percent down, and um, if the home gets bid up to a point where it doesn't appraise at the value you're yeah. um, buying it for, then the lender would want you to make up the difference. So that that could potentially, you know, run into issues. But as far as, you know, qualifying for a loan, it's pretty much the same. If you're doing 5% down or 20% down, mm-hmm. there's really no, not much of a difference. Mm-hmm. So from the seller's perspective, I mean, in the end of the day, they'll get their money, you know, when it closes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like mostly just from what I'm hearing from a lot of the hot markets, like in San Francisco, LA, New York, I don't know about Seattle, but at least like from what I'm hearing, like you have a tiny little $200,000 little house that typically would be very cheap is now probably like five hundred to $800,000 because of all the people are trying to buy right now. And because of that, all these like 50, 60, 70 offers coming out. And because they just like, you know what, we have all these offers, might as well just choose to all cash deals. Right. Yeah, actually there... have to go through the whole process of waiting for the mortgage yep. to go down. Yeah, there are some scenarios like that, yeah. but it's not across the board. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's yeah, more common in some markets than others, but yeah. Okay. So you'd say like the Seattle market right now is pretty stable, not as. Uh, it kind of depends <laughs> on where you look at, right? Because the okay. Seattle area is pretty big. Mm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, uh, so how did you even get started with your own real estate group? Did you like start off as yourself or do you actually have a team behind you as well? Uh, yeah, now I have a small team. Uh, when I first started, it was just me. So I kind of expanded as needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We still, okay. we're still a small group and, you know, try to keep things lean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what would you say are like your long and short-term career goals? Do you think that you're going to stick with real estate for a long time? Or do you eventually maybe, I don't know, bring back the tech side, create some kind of real estate technology startup? <laughs> Uh, I think I'm going to stick with real estate for now because there's already a lot of different aspects of real estate that are interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, there's the brokerage, the mortgages, and then, you know, also the um, new developments. So uh, it's been fun. There's a lot to learn every day. Mm -hmm. And uh, I like it more than tech. 
(laughs) (laughs) Do you have any particular real estate goals or finance goals? Um, Yeah, as far as real estate, just continue growing the um, three different businesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the real estate, brokerage, the mortgage, and then the new developments. Okay. So you don't really do anything on the side for yourself. You probably do, right? Mm -hmm. For... like real estate investments if you like where to buy and flip or yeah so the to... um yeah most of the stuff you know i have some rental properties but most of it is um new development okay yeah so either um buying land and um, building a new new house on there mm-hmm. um, buying a tear down home you know building a new house or you know sometimes we can you know keep the existing house add additional units or mm-hmm. uh, tear down one house and build a few you know units okay. yeah so a lot, lot of different um options and it all boils down to land use and understanding land use and mm-hmm. how to um, optimize the site based on what um, land use code allows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So for anyone that wants to buy their very first home, like what are your <laughs> usual suggestions or advice that you would give to them? Um, well, again, the first thing is, you know, the 20, 25% down. In most mm-hmm. cases, it's a common um, misconception. Um in most markets, you can get away with doing 5% down mm. um, or, you know, sometimes even less. Um, so that's, that's the first thing to uh, consider. And then um, the second thing, you know, kind of depending on what your goals are, what your current, you know, housing expenses are. Um, I'm sure there's in, in some parts of the country, it's still cheaper to buy a home than to mm-hmm. rent. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's another and the piece to think about, you also get a lot of tax benefits for owning your own home. Um, you can, you know, write off some of the interest, and property taxes and all that. Um, another concept that a lot of people take part in, um, it's called house hacking. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of ways to do it. But essentially, the idea is either buy a house or buy a multifamily property where you can live in a portion of it and, you know, rent the rest of it out. Um, could be a house with a few rooms, you live in one room, you you know, rent the other rooms out or uh, maybe a duplex or a house that has a accessory drawing unit. So um, you live in one, you rent the other out. So mm-hmm. a lot of ways like that, that allow you to you know, own a place without having, you know, the full burden of having to pay, you know, the mortgage payment and all the expenses each month. Yeah, I so actually, that ultimately, it kind of depends on, you know, what your lifestyle yeah. um, kind of goals and you know, how that fits in with mm-hmm. what you want to do. Yeah, actually being in like an Asian household, a lot of my family was like, oh, you have to real, you have to do real estate investments. And so many people are constantly talking about house hacking. But when you're doing it in New York City, you either need to have a lot of money to get a multifamily house, or if you're in a condo, like, are you really comfortable with sharing another place with someone? I'm like, mm, probably not. So uh, right, I've been lucky yeah, that's to- <laughs> definitely an important yeah. consideration. Yeah. <laughs> Plus I have cats. So I'm just like, they're, they're not going to want that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that was really interesting. Uh, actually, like I, myself uh, with my boyfriend, we bought a condo last year in it's like October or so. So right before all of the prices are going up and we've been very lucky ever since and kind of curious, like, are there any particular things that you've learned as being a homeowner? Uh, I don't know if like you currently own a house that you live in or that you're doing do, house hacking yeah. or anything like that. So yeah. how, like, what are some things that you would typically tell like first home time, first time home buyers that they don't really know until they get started? Um, well, a lot of times if there's no HOA, then you have to take care of, 
you know, the yard, <laughs> that's the first thing, you know, take care of the yard, um, you know, kind of routine maintenance things. It's usually not a big, big deal. I mean, as far as like the stuff to take care of. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything major mm-hmm. uh, that's any different. I mean, you start to have to take care of, you know, maintenance type of things for the most part. If you're in the apartment, a lot of times you can just call call up the management and they'll do it for you Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I thought it was pretty interesting because when I talk to my friends about condos they're like wait you own the con you own the apartment you own the building which one do you own and they thought like when I pay property tax why do we pay property tax shouldn't it be the building like but we own a part of the building I think like a lot of people they just get very confused when it comes to condos or (laughs) co-ops oh okay yeah so there's condos and co-ops there's like I know New York has a lot of co-ops yeah yeah um like in the seattle like in seattle there's only a handful i think maybe only a dozen in the whole city okay because i think what what it is is um the concept of co-ops existed for a much longer period of time so Mm. condos are kind of a newer thing Mm. so i think in in an established city like new york i mean the co-op concept has existed for you know who knows how long Mm -hmm. and so condos kind of came in later so other cities, you know, they weren't developed as quickly as, say, New York. And um, so because of that, you know, most of this kind of, you know, shared housing arrangement kind of they came up later. Mm-hmm. So you'll see more condos than co-ops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how have you seen the markets change over the years? Like, uh you said you started about 10 years ago. So I know yeah. probably since the recession, you've seen a lot of change. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of watched things go down um, post recession and then, um, you know, things started just going back up through um, in most markets. It went up to, you know, 2018 was when it kind of had its first peak. And then uh, was interest rates kept on going up um, through 2018. And then things start to, you know, dip a little bit mm-hmm. kind of here around spring of 2018. Yeah. And then interest rates started going back down again um, in the fall of 18. And, you know, things started picking back up again. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, with COVID and if, you know, February, March, 2020, some people got concerned and, you know, things kind of took a little dip and then, but with the stimulus package and, you know, all sorts of things going on, stocks going up, cryptocurrency, um, things just kind of shot up um, quite a bit in 2020 and then also you know kind of the start of 2021 when things even went up even more in mm-hmm. many markets and I think part of it has to do with just because there's a lot more money supply out there yeah and then you know interest rates continue to kind of stay low okay Sounds great. So for anyone who's interested in your services, like either with flipping or buying, selling, financing, even uh, how, how can they get started? Where, where can they get all this information? Uh, Yeah. Feel free to reach out to me. Uh, A lot of people find me on social media. Um, My website's adrianchu.com. So yeah, you know, happy to help. Feel free to reach out. All right. Sounds good. And do you have any last words of advice for the listeners? Uh, well, I think, you know, most importantly is, you, you know, you enjoy what you do. So, um, I hope, you know, everybody's able to find what they 
enjoy doing. Mm. Yeah. And for you, that's real estate and leaving tech. <laughs> yeah, for me, that's the case. And, you know, I, I think there's, you know, over, over the years, I met a lot of people that kind of feel the same way. They're yeah. just working, they're working in tech just because. Mm-hmm. Um, but likewise, there's a lot of people that love working in tech. They love, you know, either the technical challenges or, you know, the impact, and, you know, all sorts of reasons why people would love tech. So, um, yeah, kind of just figure out what, what you like and what you want to do. Yeah. All right. Sounds cool. good. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you. Okay.